1: Hi there, Chris Malone
2: from the 98.5 KTK Morning Show. Here is your recap for Tuesday, August 16th, 2022. Something you may have missed this morning, either um, by having to take the kids to school or uh, perhaps having to get into your office. Talk a little bit about the stresses of uh, an election. And let's be real honest with you. It is stressful With the election going on, because it is everywhere you go. When you drive, you see the signs. When you're listening to the radio, you hear commercials. When you watch TV, you see commercials. When you're on your computer, you're seeing commercials for politics. And, um, you know, it it really is a, a big stressor because your vote and your voice actually has real life consequence is either pro or against whatever it is. And as divided as we are in this country, it can really just not only add anxiety, it can add exhaustion, and therefore you just kind of tune things out. And that's kind of the worst thing you really want to do. You always want to be paying attention because, uh, at least from my experiences of watching politics throughout the years, they do talk out of both sides of their mouths. And uh, it is important to hold people accountable because just because you have a little letter next to your name or you don't have a letter next to your name is no reason for me to blindly follow and you just get my vote. But anyways, uh, this is what we kind of talked a little bit about ways to relieve your own stress about an election. And it really comes down to letting things disengage once you know who you're voting for. And disengaging once you have left the vo- the voting poll or you've mailed your ballot, which means I've already voted. There's nothing more I can do. There's nothing that I can do that can control the outcome other than my vote has been cast. So there's no reason to waste energy on it and time on it. So try and block it out. It's probably worth maybe uh, adjusting your notifications from social media and from news organizations uh, just so you're not able to get triggered by these particular Uh, announcements that come across and i often this is my own take on this particular story because i think it's very important to to point out when we're talking about the direction of our country and what goes on and i do know this from the last two presidential elections 2016 and in 2020 the losing side has all said The country is coming to an end. We're going to hell in a handbasket. Hands up in the air, flying, oh my gosh, the world's coming to an end. It isn't coming to an end. It sucks your team lost. I get it. I'm I'm sorry, I shouldn't even call it team. It's not a team. What's kind of irritating with politics is that it's kind of made into this us and them, visitors versus home, the red team versus the blue team. That's not what America's about. America is about living together and embracing our differences and making us stronger because we're so diverse, not because we're all the same. Think about eating a cheeseburger exactly the same way every single day, morning, noon, and night for your entire life. How boring is that? We have our strength because of our diversity. And unfortunately for some, fortunately for others, there is never complete harmony in this. So why I bring this to your attention is regardless of your vote being cast, Either your issue is a victor or your issue is not a victor. It is no reason for you to say that we're, the, the country is not united. There are people that wish the country isn't united because it does play them personally. But for us, the people that have to work every day, the people that have to uh, you know get on with life, it's important to realize that regardless of what happens on election day, that you take a break. You really, you do. If your candidate wins, your issue wins, your candidate loses, your issue loses. Take a break. Still away from all this talk for about a week or so. And just kind of focus on yourself, on things that are a hobby that will relax you, like maybe reading a book or uh, doing some gardening or maybe even staring at a blank wall and listening to the clock tick. In any case, realize that when your break is over and you get back into it, the country is still here. We're still a United States of America. We're still a country that is loved by each and every person that casts a vote. All right. Um, We also talked a little bit about uh, keeping your child's identity safe. Online and, and by that, you may think, well, you know, I've already got virus protection. I've already got malware protection. I know exactly where my kids are. I, I, I limit their screen uh, time. I know exactly what they're doing online. That's not what I'm talking about. There's probably the one thing that slipped through the crack, and that's going to be protecting your kid's identity. Government status shows that because you know you have to have a social security number in order to uh, 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 have your kids listed as a dependent on your taxes, uh, that social security number can be stolen just like yours or mine's that are currently being used. They say about four to six percent of identity theft occurs by uh, for those that are under the age of nineteen, and they found their a recent report that phishing scams are the most uh, uh, phishing scams are targeted mostly to children. Because they're unaware of what's going on. So things that you can do in addition to making sure that you have good quality antivirus software that is updated and it is active, um, making sure that your kids know that they're not to give any personal information to anyone other than you or your significant other. Um, is to do these couple of things. One of them is to check with your child's school student directory. A lot of schools uh, have a directory that includes names, addresses, phone numbers, date of birth, and all that, and even a picture. Um... You opt out of it. You can't opt out of it. And, and, and trust me, there's other ways that your your kids can uh, connect with others that are part of their, their class. And probably the more important thing that um, is a little time consuming, but I think is very well worth it is to block and lock your child's social security number with the three credit bureau reporting agencies. Um, you would have to. You're going to have to provide proof you know, that you are indeed their their parent or guardian. And uh, there is probably a form that needs to be filled out that will, uh, in essence, lock the social security number. And each credit bureau is going to be a little bit different. But basically what it does is anytime somebody uh, fraudulently tries to use their social security number, it will be blocked. Um, And as somebody who's worked in an industry where uh, people's identity has been stolen, um, unless things have changed drastically over the last uh, 15 or 20 years, it is very difficult to get all that negative information taken off of your credit. And when you're talking about a lot of employers look at your credit, uh, insurance companies, uh, uh, places that um, will let you rent uh, property from them, they're all looking at a credit. And if there's some, any sort of negative information because of fraudulent use, it's going to look bad for them.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Speaking of credit, what's the difference between a Visa and a Master? card credit card well you would tend to think that there's not much difference. And, and on the on the, on the the surface, there isn't much difference between Visa and MasterCard. Now, granted, there's difference between Visa and MasterCard, American Express and, and Discover because they all have their own different programs. American Express has their own world. Discover has their own world. Visa and MasterCard kind of work along the same lines. They create a pathway, all of these create a pathway for banks and merchants to uh, transfer funds. But Visa and MasterCard are kind of similar in a sense of what they offer. They're similar in fees. They're similar in ways they charge merchants. But there are some differences with the Visa and the MasterCard programs. And it really boils down to the different um, perks that are available for Visa. For instance, there are three different types of Visa. We're not talking about your bank Visa issued by your bank. We're talking about regular Visas, the standard Visa. You have the Visa Signature and the Visa Infinite. Those are all three different levels of Visa. Now, for the standard Visa, there's pretty much... It's, it's your basic one. It allows the uh, the banks and the merchants to transfer funds back and forth, so you, you can use your card anywhere in the world, basically. Visa Signature offers us some perks. Um, not really many perks, but it does offer you some perks. Uh, but the big one for the Visa world is the infinite one, and that is going to be for for someone who travels a lot, because there are... Uh, travel protections included with the Visa Infinite, including canceled trip insurance, delayed trip insurance, loss of luggage insurance. Um, there's even purchase and return protection, which will reimburse you if a merchant refuses to take certain items back within 90 days or if an item is damaged. A lot of places where you buy things, you only have two weeks or 30 days to return an item. Um, and if it's damaged, they won't take it back at all. That particular protection is To me, it's worth it, uh, depending on if you buy it using a Visa Infinite card. MasterCard, on the other hand, kind of similar in the sense they have three levels of perks. You have your Standard, you have your World, and World Elite. The Standard is like the Standard Visa. It's just basically the basic way to to get money transferred. Uh, The World and World Elite are going to be a little bit different. The World and World Elite, actually, if you buy your cell phone, for instance, using a MasterCard World or MasterCard World Elite or and or if you pay with your your bill with your mastercard world or world elite you actually have insurance of $1000 in cell phone insurance per calendar year which means if your phone's damaged or if it's lost or whatever mastercard will pay the difference the only difference i could look for my re- find in my research is that the mastercard doesn't offer as much travel insurance and protection as the Visa. So the MasterCard World Elite doesn't offer as much as the Visa Infinite. However, if you're not much into traveling, but you're into like Uber and DoorDash and HelloFresh and all these other cool little features, a lot of times MasterCard World and MasterCard World Elite will offer discounts. So you might get a perk on uh, one of your streaming services for six months or something like that, that to me may be worth it as well. That's kind of the main difference between the two. But w- before you take even my advice in doing this, call your bank that issued your Visa or your MasterCard. Ask them to uh, reissue your card agreement, or it might even be online, specific to your account. And then you can kind of look in there and see, do I have a MasterCard World or a MasterCard World Elite, or do I have a Visa Infinite? And that way, you can find out if you're paying for cell phone insurance and you have a Mastercard World Elite um, uh, 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 that bought the car, the bought the phone, and, and, and uses it as a payment for your carrier. Well, there's no reason to pay reason to pay for that insurance, right? Kind of wasting money there. Finally, the best story I loved today was Florida may be the reason that the uh, it's been a miserable experience flying in, in, in this summer. Florida man is in the air this year. Um, and it makes a lot of sense after reading this particular story because um, uh, there's, it's been a record year of uh, delayed and canceled flights. Um, and how Florida gets involved with this is that how popular Florida is. No, there's a third of all U.S. flights use Florida airspace, either departing Florida, arriving in Florida, or flying across Florida. So there is that to consider. Also, you're looking at Airspace being blocked out for military training exercises. We have the largest air force base in the country up in the Panhandle, known as Eglin. They do a lot of uh, fighter simulation. We have Tyndall up in the Panhandle. Fighter simulations. We uh, have a couple other bases. um, uh, You know, we have the 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 Navy will do uh, uh, bombing runs in the Ocala National Forest. All those areas are blocked off to commercial traffic. Add into that. Cape Canaveral has reported a record 32 orbital launches so far this year. That's so far. Every time there's a scheduled launch... There is a blocked out airspace window. And if, even if that launch is not successful, that airspace is still blocked up. That makes it very, very difficult when you're trying to get people in and out of the Sunshine State um, because Florida is, you know, tourist is the number one destination. That's the reason that people come to Florida. So that would explain why so many flights have been canceled or delayed, mainly because there are so many uh, caveats and, and red tape and, and, and hoops to jump through in order to get a flight in and out. Makes a lot of sense, huh? Hmm. Also adding into the mix, which I didn't mention on the air, um, is there is a shortage of air traffic controller. One of them is into the Jacksonville area, which is a big major player. Um, and they they are um, working, uh, the government's working on getting more air traffic controllers there. But when you consider the worst on-time arrivals uh, for the airports across the country, out of the top five, Florida holds four of those spots. Newark is the worst followed in number two by Orlando, number three, Fort Lauderdale, number four, Tampa, number five, Miami. Makes sense now. So there is our show for today, Uh, Tuesday, August 16th, 2022. I'm Chris Malone. Thanks so much for listening to me, or at least listening to uh, the podcast or the recap here. I always welcome your comments and suggestions and observations. You can email those to me at the letter C-M-A-L-O-N-E-